We know, of course, that the word of God is unchanging. There is no change. There will never be a change to it. Nothing will be added to it. Nothing will be taken from it. The word of God is unchanging. It says in the letter to the Hebrews, the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. It cuts through our lives, joint and marrow. We change. The world changes somewhat. It goes through ups and downs and good times and bad times. Sometimes we change. We feel closer to God sometimes or far away from God. Some days we feel like everything's going well. Other days we feel like we can't do anything right. But the word of God is unchanging. And it speaks to us in every age and in every time and in every time in our lives as well. When we hear the word of God, even if it's, one, if it's a, a very familiar story or image like today, the good shepherd, we can hear it at, at one time in our life and it means something. We hear it at another time in our life and it means something else. You know, we hear, a, we hear a reading during Lent and it's a little more serious, more solemn. When we hear it read and proclaimed during Easter, it's joyful and it has a new meaning. So with this, today we hear from John chapter 10. Um, this Sunday, the fourth Sunday of Easter is kind of unofficially called Good Shepherd Sunday because on this Sunday we always read from John chapter 10, which is Jesus telling us, I am the good shepherd. And today's passage comes from the, toward the end of that. Jesus says, I know my sheep, and my sheep know me, and there is no snatching them away from me. No one can ever take them away from me. Now, sometimes when we're feeling a little bit down, or we're feeling like the world is beating us up, or maybe because of our sins, our habits, things that we're doing, we're feeling like we, we're a failure, then it sounds like, good, okay, God, hold me close. Don't let me go. Don't let me be exposed to the world or evil or anything else. Please hold me close. But when we read this during the Easter season, I think it takes on a little bit different, even more joyful tone. You see, in Easter, what we celebrate, of course, is that Jesus Christ has conquered sin and death. He came to take our flesh to become like us and take that flesh, including that part that is sinful, corruptible, that is prone to sin and, and weakness, and he nailed it to the cross. He took our fallen nature and nailed it to the cross and transformed it then when he was raised and when he ascended into heaven, he took our flesh into heaven. Human flesh did not exist in heaven before Jesus ascended. He took our nature in heaven. So part of us already exists in heaven. This is why St. Paul could say, we are citizens of heaven, brothers and sisters. So now hear what Jesus says. My sheep and I are one. No one will take them from my hand. Jesus Christ, we believe, has taken our nature into heaven and he's taken us with him into heaven so that when you and I die, we too will live with him, please God, in the kingdom of heaven. In a few moments, in the preface prayer of the Eucharistic prayer, I will pray something to this effect. I love it. It says something like, when, when you rose then from the dead and you ascended into heaven, I love this. It's not subtle at all. It says... The halls of the heavenly kingdom are thrown open to the faithful. It doesn't say that Jesus left it a little cracked open or whatever. He left it ajar, put a little block in there so it wouldn't close. The doors are thrown open to the faithful. And we, his sheep, his flock, hope, expect to follow where our brave shepherd has gone, as we read, as we heard in the first reading. I'm sorry, in the opening prayer. This is the cause of our joy then. And this is how we are to hear this gospel. When Jesus says, I am one with my flock, my sheep, we should rejoice 
because now that he is in heaven, we pray that we will be with him one day, with our shepherd in heaven forever. How does that happen? It doesn't happen because we figured it out, we deserve it, we've earned it. It's, it's a pure gift from God. It happens through the sacraments. We receive the sacraments first of baptism, first communion, and confirmation, and we are united with the Lord in the sacraments. And then, having lived with him as best as we can with God's help and the Holy Spirit on earth, we hope to be with him forever in the kingdom of heaven. This is not graduation. You know this, and just, I know everywhere in places like this school and schools all over the country and world, they, we will say people's names, they'll butcher people's names like mine, and they'll say whack instead of walk, but that's fine. And we'll clap, and they'll get a degree, and they'll move on. Confirmation is not graduation. This is the, the completion of your initiation into the church. Initiation, of course, means beginning. So now that you are fully initiated, or will be in a few moments, into the church, we expect, we hope, we pray that you will continue to walk with us. No one is perfect. You make mistakes. I make mistakes. We all make mistakes. That's why we need the church. We need God to forgive us, to strengthen us, to lift us up again and again so that we can walk with him and be united with him on earth. And then we believe that if we are united with the Lord on earth as his sheep, he's the shepherd, one day we will go where our brave shepherd already has gone to the kingdom of heaven. This is the cause of our joy. This is the reason we are Christians. This is the reason we celebrate our faith day after day. May God bless you, my brothers and sisters, today and always as you continue your journey. Thank you for saying yes. Thank you for reminding us of the joy of our faith. Thank you for walking with us and sometimes even leading us in the faith. May God bless you and all of us as we follow where our brave shepherd has gone.